On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, 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 what's up? D-E-L and I'm wrapped in. Funky homo sapien with the new shit. Wackness never prospers. Wackness never prospers. Well, first we're going to start it out like this. We'll give out some shouts. Some shouts, some shouts. Starting right up like this. All the hieroglyphics. S-O-M. Cash. Extra pro. Prepping J-Biz and myself because I made this shit. So I hope y'all dig it. Especially. Big up to Severe. Poke and Hobo Junction. Pushing the limits of hip-hop. You know, it's always appreciated, dig. Also, CMPX, TLE, insane individuals, cause we all from the old school, dick. Big up the Onion for all the time of development at the Onion Lab. Free additions. It's cool to work with niggas, dick shit, even if it's different. So, you know, much respect goes out. Some shouts out to Mystic Journeyman, you know, keep it going. These niggas dig that shit, you know, you can go far with it. Every other crew in Oakland, peace. Every other person with this see tape here, listen to it now. You got yourself something special, so don't lose it. And on that note, enjoy this shit, and uh, peace. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check but, it out, y'all. Nah, I still hate DMZ. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The House List. I'm Peter Augustin, your host. And uh, yeah, here we are. Hold on, listen to this. That was the cassette uh, that I wanted to play for you for this very special episode with my conversation with Dell, the funky homo sapien. Um, and uh, that little clip that I played, I can't tell you how much I ripped my house apart looking for this tape. It has no writing on it, no track listing, and it was a dub someone gave me in, probably in like 1995. Um, around that time, 95, maybe 1996, and I've had it forever, and uh, I knew I was going to talk to Dell, it was kind of like, you know, coming up, but not with a lot of time to plan, but I knew I had this, this tape, and I knew I had a video that we recorded around 1999, where I was, went to his house, somewhere in the bay in the east bay and filmed him for what was going to be a documentary that i was then producing called for lack of a better word which may one day come out that i was shooting and i traveled all over the country um, filming different hip-hop artists and i spent an afternoon with dell and for an hour or so recorded him uh, playing nintendo playstation one and uh checking out um anime VHS's and toys and comic books and playing beats on the NPC. It's an incredible captured moment in time. And I knew I, if I saw him, uh, cause he had a small window of time that I wanted to share both of those things with him. And, and I do, I get to, but he was in New York to perform with the gorillas at a music festival here in the city this weekend. And, um, so I knew I didn't have a ton of time to talk to him, but we did have a, a fantastic conversation. I'm really appreciative of his time. 
Uh, I want to take a second to thank Domino from Hieroglyphics for helping me set it up to Antage. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, this is the Houseless Podcast. My name is Peter Agassi. I'm the host and producer of the show. Every show is edited and engineered by CJ Stewart. Um, if you're a fan of Hieroglyphics, then you should absolutely check out my conversation with Tajay from Souls of Mischief, which uh, I posted a, a few weeks back. You can find The Houseless on iTunes, on the Stitcher app. It's actually on YouTube as well for all the people that don't mess with any of those things. Um, go to SoundCloud.com uh, backslash The Houseless Podcast. And that's one definite way to peep it all out. Some great episodes. Uh, Sat from the nonce, Dame Funk themselves z-man uh, and tajay is episode 43 so go back and peep that out if you haven't already so anyway <clears throat> my conversation with dell yeah i was absolutely excited at the prospects um and i've been a fan uh since the very beginning uh really yeah i mean obviously since the first album and so you know like i said we didn't have a ton of time but of course i wanted to try and talk to him about a, as much stuff as we could in, in the context of how I usually do these episodes, which is like very much a casual conversation. Um, and most of the people that I talk to, if not all of them, I'm already extremely familiar with their work um, or I'm a fan or a friend of theirs or something like that. I mean, of course, Dell is no exception whatsoever. I've been a fan for the longest, you know, and those to me, those first four albums in his catalog are all uh, necessary required classic albums um to me and anyone i i, could, I couldn't recommend them uh any more to people so i wish my brother george was here obviously that's from 91 his debut um no need for alarm uh 93 future development which kind of came out in 1997 um more as a cassette and then it was like re-released a few times and then both sides of the brain from 99 you know, the thing is with Dell, though, he's like put out several other full length albums and I've been dipping into the new, new stuff, too. I mean, he actually put a record out last year and um, yeah, so I couldn't really talk about every single thing he put out, obviously. And um, but, you know, I wanted to, you know, get as much as we could. And we had a, we, we I think we did pretty good. I think if you're a fan um, or even if you're sort of just like getting hip to them, if you're, you know, you know, if you are 16, 17, 18, 19 years old and you're kind of uh, learning about stuff from the 90s, if you will, or however, you're just stumbling across his material, um, then I think we touch on a lot of the stuff. Even his involvement with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, Ice Cube's early material, his first couple solo albums. And we talk about Death Certificate and Sir Jinx uh, and DJ Pooh are both instrumental in Dell's um, early career. And yeah, a bunch of stuff. Uh, I hope that you guys dig this. And that song in the beginning, I don't know if any, how many, if any people, obviously some people have that. I don't know. I, it's from a whole album I have on a tape. It's about 10 songs. That, um, and we talk about it. So I don't need to necessarily preface it too much. But I'm so glad I found it. You don't even know how many boxes. I got a lot of cassettes at my house. And uh, I could not find that shit. And I found the case like a week or two ago. And I tore my place up looking for this thing. I started hitting up. I actually hit up the guy that originally gave it to me. 
And then I found who I think was the guy that gave it to him <clears throat> and hit them both up. And, uh, you know, all I can say is I'm glad I found my copy because I don't think that there's many copies flowing around, if any. So anyway, that's a treat. Um, I'm going to maybe play another little snippet out of that at the end of the show, too. And so we basically talked until the moment he had to, like, run into the van and go to the festival grounds to play with the gorillas on their set. So, yes. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Um, it was fun. It was kind of off the cuff. So, yeah, peep it out, y'all. And don't forget to subscribe to the Houseless Podcast here. I do it for y'all. I do it for the love. And um, excuse me if I took a couple of weeks off. For one reason or another, I needed to take a little bit of time off. But again, if this is your first time tuning in, in August, I dropped two episodes a week for the whole month. So there's a lot of great stuff for you to go back on if you're just picking up on the podcast right now. Thank you guys so much. And without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the one and only Dell, the funky homo sapien here on the house list. A long time ago, someone made me this tape. This is actually, I'm going to show you the cover of it. I mean, this is just like someone made me a dub of a tape in like mm. 1995. So obviously you see like this is the part where mm. there's not there's no information whatsoever. Uh-huh. And I, I knew that I was there was a chance that I might be able to chat with you uh, coming up. And I was like, I got to find that fucking tape. I haven't listened to it in a million years, too. Mm. And uh, um, I tore my place like upside down looking for it. Of course, it wasn't. I found this uh, a week before I found the actual cassette, the case. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I want to play you this, and if this rings any bells, because, you know, obviously, you know, we're living in an age of, like, the, the Internet, and I'm, I try to find if there's any kind of documentation of this thing at all. Probably and, I, no, I could not find it to save my life, you know? So I wanted to see, see, this is also a little unorthodox style. If, if I think I rewound it. Going off the walls. Never prosperous. Now this like not I could not find any documentation of this. Starting right up like this. All like a proper intro. And what I found is like it's, it feels like it's almost an album. It's like ten joints, you know. That's probably how I went about doing it. Do you recognize this intro at all? Or? I don't remember. I just I remember doing it. It's old as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I clearly like because one, I got it a dub of this so long ago. Yeah, it has to work with See, now I'm gonna fuck with the uh, Walkman to make sure I don't get any buzz. So, I mean, the, it feels as though it's like from the era of uh, uh, No Need for Alarm. I mean, it's like straight. Right after that problem. Right. So, it's straight like loop, baseline loops, like soul and jazz loops of that era but I like it chopped up a lot of shit back then so right so was this I mean I, I mean obviously like you uh, have had like a you know 
it, it goes without saying that you are super prolific as far as recording goes. I mean, there's like not just the the physical albums of like the from the '90s to the early 2000s, and then this like the, all the mixtapes and the leaks from the last like five or six years. And I'll, and I'll fade this out in a second. I just want you to hear that this is also. I don't know if this is ringing bells either, but no, I do. Yeah, this one. Somebody, if Dom heard this, he, he would know. Was this? Did you produce this too? Or? Yeah. I was producing. Yeah. So. So I'll chill on that. But yeah. like I said, I play music at this point. I, I've studied music theory for about ten, over 10 years. So. Right. I mean, yeah, because I mean, at, at this point in time uh, in your career, like uh, looking back, it, you know, there's a million different reference points. I mean, and obviously, like you've always been like sort of on the cusp of, of like new technology and embracing like, uh, you know, different means of recording and samplers and drum machines and and um now you're you're playing instruments as well i mean i'm sure you've been doing that too as well like uh leading into all this but that finding this little tape which seems like it's just its own like home like a home recording album right mm -hmm. was there more of this stuff was that just something you did oh no just for kicks or what? I, I mean there's more of it but like I got hella songs that ain't never been released. If, right. To give you a um, some kind of reference point, if, if you a fan of like uh, Zappa, Frank Zappa, right. you know he got hella shit that ain't never even been released just floating on the internet and shit. Right. And I'm sure that ain't even all the shit that he did. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a vault and shit. Like literal, literal vault where right. he had all this shit in it. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me, it's like, you know, a Prince, of course, like, had, like, mm -hmm. an incredible amount of never-released stuff, and it's not like, you know, I think fans and consumers, like, have this certain expectation of artists to, like, release everything, or, like, they seek out their unreleased shit, but, in, you know, it could even be for someone like Bird or Thelonious Monk, where these guys are, they basically recorded every day of their lives, yeah. you know, and... Um, try to. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like even to this day, I mean, it's not like, you know, there's other artists of the era of like your, you know, the electric years and stuff that they made incredible music, but it only really existed in that particular kind of framework. Uh, whereas like this has been for you, it's like, I mean, because I was just trying to get up on those leaks, too, which are recent and the and the mixtapes. It's never really stopped for you, though, right? Like, nah, it's I mean, I, ever since I've discovered you could record sound right I've been playing with that in some way or another you know what I'm saying just recording sound right but also I, I just like I, it's all like one thing to me you know what I'm saying so I'm always trying to devise the perfect song you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying a perfect album or you know what I'm saying just the, how to convey what I'm trying to do in that perfect manner, right? Rapping too, you know what I mean. So, yeah, it's all part of an experiment, I guess. And, and in a lot of ways, that's from what I know about Zappa. He was the same way. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was so focused on these like high level concept songs, but also just getting stuff down on tape too, in a way. So, because I, you know, I listened to this this cassette. I mean, was there? 
Can you? Was there a name for that at all, or like? If there was, I don't remember. Right. Of course. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, that's. It's so hilarious that one. The tape has. I mean, obviously, there's absolutely no information on it. Mm. The the cassette that the guy uh, gave it to me has no track listing too. But that it's like its own actualized project. It's an album for all intents and purposes. But it's like, you know, it's in between like two, you know, I think what your fans would in like collectors and and people that look at your career as a whole, like they, it's between, you know, No Need for Alarm and Future Development, which are these like, you know, incredible like albums if you go back to them. Like in the era of the album, like both of those, they're so different in so many ways. But they're like you know so true to like your general i think approach to music i mean would you agree with that i mean it's a long-winded way of saying that no i would agree with that um with with no with um future development i was trying to create a project that would keep keep me from getting dropped off the label so was that actually um I think there's like I wonder about this too. Was that was it intended for to be a record that would come out on Electrum? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, it just didn't. It just didn't. Uh, uh, what what happened there? I'm trying to think what happened there. Was it not to people's liking or something like that? Or I think um, Dante he wasn't working at Electrum anymore. Okay, so there was like that shifting of the guard that happens, right? And um, you know what? I think really what kind of fucked me up was um. I went out to dinner with um, Sylvia Rohn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Sylvia Rohn because she, right. she didn't have to do this, but you know she large. You know what I'm yeah, big, yeah. Her to even be having dinner with me to discuss my recording career or whatever it was big. Was but, that here in New York? This was in the Bay Area, so wow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's that's big. You know what I'm saying? Domino's with me. Cool. So um. Basically, she was trying to ask me, like, would I work with this producer or that producer, like, you know, like a premiere or Pete Rock, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I get it, yeah. And I was, which, of course, obviously, I would have loved to do that because, you know, I love them dudes. But I guess at the time, I was just uh, cocky or something because I was like, well, what's the next dude that I can't do? Well, I mean, you're... That's exactly what I said, though. Right. But, like, now, looking back, I could see, like, her probably getting hella frustrated. Like, that's not what I'm asking you, dude. You don't make hits. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, is there some way that I could keep you on the label, basically? Right. You know what I'm saying? Without her blatantly Yeah, saying, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I, th- so I think she was just, like, probably felt like I was... I don't know, Sylvia, you can... You can tell the story if you want to, but after looking back, I feel like I probably was frustrating her, and she probably was like, "Man, dude, it's gonna be too hard to work with." Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And it just ended up where I got dropped. Right. Mm. Which I'm not really mad at. You know what I'm saying? Even then, I wasn't really mad at it. Really? Yeah. Because I, I could realize I'm probably hard to deal with. You know what I mean? Was it something that you had already turned that record in, or was it you were sitting on that and it was like, well, it's inevitable. Oh, this development, yeah, it's never even been mixed. So the version that everybody heard at this point is not even mixed. Oh wow! And don't even have certain shit on it that I was working towards. Like I was trying to do some shit with Daylight, you know what I'm saying? Right. A lot, a lot of different shit that I had. I think Red Man. I was about to really about to fuck with Red Man. Well, yeah, in a way, it's like it sort of predated a lot of like the 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 that big 
Bay Area and like the West Coast kind of independent movement as far as like the style of production too, because that style that that style of production is not only like a departure from you know No Need for Alarm, but it like I don't know it it, it, it in a way it's like yeah it didn't it wasn't like an actualized finished like major label album, but it's still um, made like this giant impact. I mean it was like a cult. Classic. I mean, right? I mean, I mean that's it. Did what it was supposed to do. Then, right? I was approaching it like, let me let me make some shit that people can actually get into. Right. Versus what I thought was dope. Not saying yeah. that I didn't think that was dope or nothing, but like, like you could be hella insular with 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 your shit, and it and it only will appeal to people that's really, really, really nuts about the shit. Of course. You know right. I tried to I tried to make future development more where. It would have more of an appeal, just overall. Right, right. You know what I mean, it's, I think it's an interesting testament too for like the and people don't talk about this enough, really. Like the producers of of hieroglyphics, you know. I mean, because yeah, it plus produced like a grand, a plus produced a grand amount of that at record. Yeah, yeah. But I think when people maybe first got it, they didn't. It was you know since it was like an underground tape originally. Like really, that's how people kind of got a hold of it. Is and it might not have been an era when we were so fixated on who produced what. It has this like really, um, uh, you know, cohesive mix of stuff where you think that it's all one producer in a way because it kind of like, I mean, and I'm just riffing on this shit because I'm a fan of it and you know it came out obviously it came out a while ago too. But the fact that it's like it's not just it's a plus but Opio and yourself and I think yeah, even did a couple too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Think Dom, maybe Domino did. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, right? But it like fits this whole. I mean, there's just something about it with, especially with like the vocal samples, which must have been. I can't rec- recognize the movie it came from. I know it was. There's some movies. There's some anime. Yeah, it had to be some anime. Yeah, you know what I'm something that I felt like would not be caught. Right. You know what I'm right, because it's those it's those English dub version. Because you can tell the kind of you know with anime too, like when they have the Amer- the English dub, it's a certain kind of um, actor. actor that's doing it that mm-hmm. has that like really like I don't know how you would even describe that voice, but uh, Sim- I think they try to keep it similar to a Japanese acting voice, right, with the anime, but just in English. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, it's so specific to its own thing. Because there's another record, obviously, like, you know, this is like a talking point for so many people, too. But I would be remiss not to just, like, for a moment talk about this, uh, about No Need for Alarm, just because it's, because um, future development is such a departure from that, too. But the you per- think so? I think so. I think because this, because if you, production-wise, lyrically, I think you, you you've been, like, I mean, you have just you have lyrics for days. I mean, dude, that's like the whole one of the greatest things I think about you. But I think production-wise, it's like so. The baselines on this thing are just like it's just baseline on baseline, and it's crunchy. And maybe it's because Future Development was it was maybe not fully actualized because of what was going on with the label. But I think so. I mean, what are you looking back at that? Because obviously, people probably ask you about this record all the time. Like, you know, and we were talking about, not to get on a tangent, but, you know, we were talking about some battle shit to, uh, for this Mm -hmm. and like the battle circuit that's like totally thriving right now. That had a lot to do with that. 
that has a lot to do with my aesthetic as an artist anyway. This, I feel like this album is like, it's so battle, it's like, it's battle raps of that era, you know? Actualized. I mean, I mean to me, it ain't, I don't know. To me, that's how you rap. Right, right. I mean, I guess you could rap in other ways, but I don't know no other way, really, right. that we was rapping back then besides battling. Like, that's all we did was battle. You know what I mean? Right. Like, to hear raps like that, it's, part of, it's just part of the culture. Like, if you was doing graffiti, at a certain point, you was battling other graffiti artists. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that was the whole point. You right. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, like, if you... Um, if you was a DJ at a certain point, you'd be battling other DJs. Some, somebody in another town or something is going to be claiming they're the hottest. And you're going to be like, nah, my boy over here, though, he mm-hmm. raw. He he cleaner than you. Oh, okay, we're going to have to see then. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I think, too, it's funny. When I was talking to Tajay, uh, I, you know, I, I think people don't talk enough about No Man's Land. So Souls of Mission's second album, you mm-hmm. know. And how, I, in a way, there might be some similarities in a way from 93 to Infinity to, to No Man's Land with, you know, with um, your first record and this one, Man, where, where, they, where they, where they, um, immediately blinking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's all right. I'm just wondering if it's going to pop off. I know, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm worried about. Right. But, I mean, that was obviously like, uh, you know, those records were kind of back-to-back in a way, maybe for Hyrule, I think. Um, I know... Uh, sort of, sort of. They were, I mean, No Man's Land was a little after this, obviously. It's a couple of years later. A little bit, but kind of the same difference, maybe, as far as uh, aesthetic or feel. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, with, 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 with No Need for Alarm, I felt like I had to prove something. Why? Because coming off of that first record, it was it, that was a departure, obviously, into this thing too, right? Like, sort of like personality-wise, I would I would say my personality probably closer to the first album than it is to the second album. Mm. Second album is just kind of like one dimension of it, right? You know what I'm saying? The first album had more to do with how I really am every day. On like in a general way, you know what I'm saying. Outside of battling and saying I'm better than fools and all right, that right, shit, right. like that ain't even really me. You know what I'm saying. Right. When it comes to like you know hip hop and shit like that, you know that's just how that's just how you do it. You know what I'm saying. As far as I'm concerned, like you're supposed to think you're the best. You're supposed to be striving to be the best or the. That's the whole point of it. You know what I'm saying? You're exactly. trying to be raw. Why even Why even involve yourself in it if you're not going to try to be raw? Right. Nobody going to accept you. You know what I'm saying? Every, right. Everybody is trying to be the best them they could be. Right. Matter of fact, back in the day, like if you was if you wasn't a certain level, you couldn't even play. Basically, you get clowned. Like, oh, for real? Like, you really think you could rap or you really think you type at graffiti or something? Like... You a buster. You a toy, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I think maybe to a certain degree nowadays that um, those gates have kind of been trampled down. There's a little less like quality control for what it's worth. Obviously, like technology plays a big role in that too, because the accessibility of putting anything up. I think that's why I like battle rap because it ain't like that with that. Yeah. How? Yeah, because you have to. You'll get eaten up if you try to come. You might somewhere. get beat up. You know what right. I'm saying? It's back on that. Like you right. might get you might get whooped trying to come around. Like it's rough. But but I like that about it. Right, right. Like it's real street. It's real. It's it's just real, real. You know what I'm saying? It's not no. 
I don't want to start cursing like that, but like, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no punk shit. Right. It's just like how it was before, so that's why I hella like it, because it's like, you damn near got to know somebody that knows somebody to even be playing. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just jump in it out of nowhere, like, who the hell is you, dude? Right. Unless somebody happened to hear you and you so amazing, they like, oh, okay, nah, nah, you got to do this. You might get encouraged, like, you know, I'm like, nah, nah, yeah. you got to do this. Would you say, like, is the Bay really the center of all that? But it's 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 still a regional, it's got regional pockets, the, this, like. Oh, it's industry. everywhere. Battle rap is everywhere at this point, and to the point of saturation. But I think, like, the, the insular nature of it has kind of, like, uh, caused a lot of leagues to, to not exist anymore. Oh, like, okay, so who got, who got the, 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 the knocked out? I can't even say because right. there's so many little leagues that'll pop up, you know what I mean? But the main leagues, I guess you could say, is URL, Ultimate uh-huh. Rap League, um, uh, King of the Dot, which right. covers like Canada and the West Coast. It's huge in Canada, I know that. Yeah, it's huge out here, out here too. Right. I mean, is it in New York? I feel like I'm sleeping on it in New York. I know in the Bay. I know all the Bay people. I don't know the New Yorkers, though. You know, like... Um, URL is New York. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, URL, Ultimate. That's... I don't mean to play myself by not admitting oh, no. I want to learn, you know? Like Smack, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Smack was a New York thing. Right? Yeah, Smack. He had the Smack DVDs and shit, and it kind of grew from the Smack DVDs. You know what I mean? So, Where's Hollow the God from? Is that... Hollow the Don? Yeah. I've seen him, but see, they used to have, like, Grind Time... They used to have like, um, uh, 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 they had a, what was that shit they used to be on? Uh, they had some shit on HBO. I don't even remember the name oh. of it right now. Mm-hmm. And then they had 106 and Park Battles and That's stuff like right. that. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. It, 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 it was like an in between period where, you know, it, it was pop- basically battle rap never left in the first place. Right, right. Really. It's it's the, yeah. It started getting to a point where it was ridiculous. Like, I just turned around and all of a sudden, Fools was crazy, and then I seen like you know Party Artie battle somebody. You know what I'm saying? Oh shit! And I was like, that's Party Artie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You feel me? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And he he had the crazy voice from, from the ghetto dwellers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like showbiz and AG man. You feel me? Yeah. I was in like, peace. I was like, you know, I I, I didn't know he battled like that. Just put him right. in a whole another upper echelon in my mind. Like, oh, okay, he battled fools. Like he 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 above. What I thought he was, right. you know what I'm saying? I thought he was clean, but that put him up here. Well, it's a totally different realm, you know. It's uh, that's why you know it's funny, and I kind of came onto this late, but Z-Man jumped into the battles and stuff, you know. And that's my dude. That's my good friend. I fuck with Z-Man too. Yeah, I love Z-Man, and I was, you know, and he gave it. He he had he had he had lyrics. He had bars in it. He got a maybe he got served. I'm not sure. I don't want to. I'm not. I mean, that's my dude, but. I think it was really admirable of him to jump into the arena like that because not a lot of like people that just do records and do traditional hip hop shows uh, can do that can just jump into it because it's it's a totally different world I feel like I, I don't feel like it's a totally different no? world I don't I, maybe a, you, maybe a different level of skill right okay you know what I'm saying like making songs is one thing but to be really, really hella raw at lyrics, like, especially now where it's not even really based on how many syllables you can rhyme anymore. It's based on conceptual ideas and right. stuff now. Right. 
like it's closer to comedy writing at this point. Right, that's true. You know what I'm saying? And that's you know, wordplay is a big part of of uh, humor. Yeah, you know absolutely. I would say about sixty percent or more of humor writing is based on wordplay. So just from that alone, it's going to be you know, humorous. So when I start seeing like a Charlie Clips, Charlie Clips is like one of my favorite dudes. Okay, and dude was just so funny. Or a conceited, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like, okay, these fools know what they doing. They just too raw. Like, you know, they dominating. You feel right. me? But I feel like the reason why they dominating because yeah, they did know a little bit extra. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is why they're on like, you know, they're on like a, 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 a what's Nick Cannon's show? Oh, um, Wilding Out. Right. Well, yes, exactly. I, I think Nick Cannon kind of peaked and was like, okay, we could we could use some of that on the show because the show right. is based kind of on like a battle theme sort of, you know what I'm saying? Right. Lo- loosely kind of based on that type of thing. They really come from that and they got them writing skills. Right. It's funny because now, now I think about what other shows were actually on TV you know, it was uh, some other shit yeah, that Lyricist Lounge had that that show where Lyricist they were rhyming Lounge, through every sketch, you know, and they had their. It was more like a, yeah, it was like sketch, rhyming. It was less battling, but it was yeah, Wordsworth and uh, the skill level was there. Absolutely, you know, and right. It just wasn't necessarily based on attacking a, the, another rapper. No, it's more humor based, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and storytelling and humor, and not yeah. But that, but but them, but that era reminds me of this era now, right? So at least in battle rap, like battling was cool for a minute, but then after a while, it just started getting ridiculous. I just turned around like one day and was like, "Damn, these fools are stupid with it now." Right. And that's kind of how I felt about the lyricist lounge era. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard like a Thurston Howell and was like, "Oh, oh yeah. my god!" Like. First of all, his name is Thurston Howe off rip already. Like right, that right. already mm-hmm. had me dying like he's a fool for that. Yeah. Then I hear him rap and I'm like, okay, these fools is just ridiculous now. Right. It's funny too because if you look back, I mean maybe that was really the start of this era that we're in now because like you know, you're coming from when battles took place, they weren't as organized perhaps. It was on the radio and it was like at Shit like the Gavin. I forgot it was on the radio. Well, I mean the, I mean, dude, Hobo Junction hieroglyphics. That was that was kind of like yeah, that. But that was one battle. But that was one historic battle. I mean, they were few and far between. I think now they're like they're so it's thriving because it existed more on the radio. I mean, look at the. I, I can't. I, I would say I would say that on, it, it's on the street basically. Gotcha. That that's. That's why there ain't. I would say that that's my theory. Why there ain't no beat attached to it? Because when do you battle somebody and there's a beat playing? I don't you recall. Got a point. Yep. I don't recall ever battling somebody and there was a beat playing. The most you got was somebody beating on the car hood or on the fucking wall. Or right, something. right. You know what I'm saying? When I was when I was at school and I was in school battling other motherfuckers, there wasn't no fucking beat. Right, there, there was no possibility of having a beat. Right, which maybe remi- somebody, maybe somebody beatboxing, maybe, right, maybe, but it was so f- focused on rapping that that wasn't there. But we didn't need a beat, though. The rap is your beat. Absolutely, you know yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Even Ice, even Ice T said this. So a lot of people, a lot of people 
see battling and they're like, okay, these fools don't even rap on beat. They can't. Then they go further and they're like, they can't rap on beat. Yeah, that might be yeah a little unbiased maybe. That's hella biased because I'm like, how do you rap and not rap on beat? Okay, maybe you got the freedom to control where you gonna put the beat. Right. But how do you rap and not? The whole point of rap is to be rhythmic. Maybe you can't hear the rhythm because you already assuming that they can't rap to a beat already. Sure. So it just sound like mumbo jumbo to you. But it probably would sound mumbo jumbo to them even if it was on a beat. Because I've heard people say the same shit about rap on music. Like, right. well, I, I don't even it. understand this shit. Right, right, like, right. It's too advanced, basically. Right. Which I, reminds me of that a classic... Uh, video of you and leaders of the new school with Buster Rhymes has the two um, mm-hmm. pool uh, balls and he's and, and it's his sense of rhythm in that I don't know if people have not peeped that before they should definitely do it because it's not like a traditional drum beat like you would do like you know right. funky like you know funky drummer or impeach the president or some shit like that it's like this off time thing that actually is I don't know what the time signature would be but it's so amazing that um, yeah, I it, forgot that he was even doing that. Yeah, because it's this more. It's like a, it's more like um, it's almost like a, a or yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, absolutely works in that sense. For that is more of the straight freestyle era too, which is its own thing in, in itself. But like I'm saying though, like that's what it is. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I think like leaders kind of respected us more when they peep that we can do that yeah sure I, I remember i met buster and uh was it who, i forgot who all was there but i definitely know buster was there right i think maybe dinko might have been there but we was at a hotel room okay all four of them might have been there um oh, with that pool the pool uh, nah, this, is, this, no, this is different this is off camera okay you know what i'm saying this is before then this is your first encounter with them or what? yeah i would okay. say and we had a hotel room, me and Souls, I think, maybe. Okay. Here? And, nah, this was in um, the Bay Syrup somewhere. Okay. Right. And we, we, fools used to come to my house, and I'd be upstairs in my bedroom. This is at my mama's house. Right. And we would, like, freestyle, and we had this thing where we would be bouncing on my bed. Okay. Like, I had a big-ass bed back there, like a king-size bed or something. So motherfuckers would be bouncing on the bed to the rhythm. And we was doing that. At the hotel room where where we've seen you know leaders, we started busting or whatever, and we was just doing that same shit that we'd be doing at my right. house, bouncing on the bed. And I think like Bus was like, "Man, these kids is ill. Like, what? This is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they felt us, but it was crazy because they never seen it or something. Right. Like, okay, they they stupid with it, you know? What I'm yeah. Saying? Well, that's an amazing sense of rhythm if you can actually rhyme off the rhythm of bouncing on a bed. You know, that's that's some serious shit. But, but I think like the the the, the uh, just the creativity and just right exactly re- really being about it like that like like they he, he could see like okay these fools is really f- from the real grain and shit right but I, I was I noticed that about them too though oh that's, absolutely that's, that's what made me like them like any any rapper that got that or any group or artist that got that I fuck with them and if yeah. they don't got that. I might not fuck with them like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like my taste has grown over the years, so you don't have to be super duper hip hop for me to like your music. It but I mean, at that point in time, this is a totally different. I mean, everyone's younger; it's a different era. It's the early '90s, so it, I guess hip hop was more. 
I don't know. Hip hop was futuristic to yeah. me. It's still future. Hip hop is the reason why electronic music is popular today. I will right. go. I will go on record and, and make that that blatant claim. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like they made they made electronic music popular because I used to like electronic music, but of what of what era are you thinking when you say that? Any kind of electronic music, like electro of the eighties, or no? I'm or talking about, about it. Might, it might be in a TV show or something. Gotcha. Like, like yeah. I'm kind of older, you know. what I'm saying right. I'm 45, so like right. when I'm saying electronic music, I'm talking about the rare places that you could ever hear it. Sure, sure. Which definitely wasn't on no records. Right. So maybe it's more a, of the environment that you're talking about. Yeah, you know, it'd be on a TV show right. or in a movie, like like right, right. tripping, like damn, what is the the little noises and shit you can make that sound like they're from right. another world and shit. Right, right, right. Like, we made that popular because we we were the ones that embraced the sampler or embraced using a turntable to make music with. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. That was some other shit. It's still, it's still some other shit. I don't think nothing is cleaner than that still. Were you, like, messing with... I mean, w- before the first album, like, as far as, like actually making beats or making loops and stuff where did you what was your entry point with that i mean not to like get to uh go too deep into the past about it but you know i would just be curious like what how you even got into that because the first album is its own anomaly as far as the production goes because it's with like it was like you know it was cube and was it sir jinx as well or? still made with samplers yeah, of course, absolutely. You know what, what was what kind of samplers was that? Was it was it was SP? Oh, what kind of samplers? Yeah, the actual gear I'm talking about. SP twelve hundred. Yeah, for the most part, maybe an MPC in there somewhere, but we was fucking with SP. Right. I learned. I picked all that shit up from um, Sir Jinx, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Sir Jinx was my mentor. He pretty much taught me how to make songs. I mean, such an amazing sampler. I mean, him. Uh, as far as flipping and cutting samples and shit. Yeah, he he, he was raw with it. I mean, but, that record with Cool G Rap is so amazing, too. Uh, that was like his later Cool G Rap with certain mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, he, he picked that shit up from, I'm sure, Dre and being, because he's Dre cousin, so. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I just picked it up from, from, from um, Jinx, basically, and being around him. Because pr- prior to that, I used to be wondering, how is people lifting these things? I knew these records because I grew up with my father having some of these records. Right. And I used to be like, how are they taking that one part and making it and putting it in a different context like that? Did you ever do the pause mixtape thing? Like, Yeah, I had to. Yeah. Because I didn't have no equipment, so how else? Of course. Yeah. All, all this shit is out of necessity, you know what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. Like, we rapped with no beat in the street because how you gonna have a beat playing? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, for all intents and purposes, we was broke. Right, right. But we still wanted to entertain ourselves. That's just the easy way to entertain ourselves. Did you use records? That, like, did you use your parents' records? I mean, obviously Hell a lot yeah. of people... Yeah. So were your folks were pretty, like, they were into uh, into music? There was, uh, was like, a musical was. household? My father was. Yeah. My mom, she was, like, the typical person Indifferent to it, or...? Not indifferent to, to it, but, like, 
if it was a hit on the radio and it had a cool beat or something, she liked it probably. Right, right, yeah. Just like any other person. Sure, sure. My, my father was a little bit more deeper into the music. They had like the turntable in the living room type of Of course, but yeah. that but that was more because my father, I would say my father was an audiophile of sorts. Oh, nice. Like he would build like speakers and shit. Oh, wow. He had like a, he had like a track recorder like early in the early days. Like little, a reel. Yeah, reel to reel. He had one of them, you know what I'm saying? What do you do? Like, because people used to make, like, basically make mixtapes with those. Like, they would record their records, and I, I think, I mean... Oh, this is way before any of that. Right. This is like the late 70s. Oh, so probably. he would actually have the albums on Reel to Reel. Like, so, he might. Right, right. He might make a tape, or, you know, he made mixtapes and shit. Yeah. Like, when, when the dubbing system came out, sure, sure. he was up on that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I said, he was somewhat of an audiophile. Right, right. But my father is an abstract artist. So that's what he did, like in the early '80s, mid '80s. What was his medium? It was paint, or paint, but uh, I would say collaging, sort of. Oh, dope! He was into textures. Okay. So he would have a painting, and they have different textures. Like he might have a, like a jacket from Vietnam or something, and you could see the texture is different from whatever else he put up on there. You know what I'm saying? He was just into textures. Oh, he would put it on the on the actual jacket. Yeah, the jacket would be part of the fucking artwork. Oh, dope. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. My father was in Vietnam, too. Was he? Yeah. Um. Wow. I was born either before he got sent to the service or maybe a little bit afterwards. Oh, wow. Did he um, ever talk about that? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. yeah he, he, was able to get, he was able to slip out because he got shot. Uh-huh. He, had, he, had a pur- he got a purple heart, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So um, he was raw at drawing and shit. So somehow he finagled a way to just be an artist or something. Right, right. And not have to be out in the field. You know, oh, while he was while he was out there, he could do. He was able to do some stuff. Yeah, like he might have known a sergeant or something a little bit closer or something. Yep, yep. And, and when he got shot, they freaked a better position for him, where he could better use his his skills. skills. Right, right. You know what I mean. He told me that, like, not recently, but he didn't tell me that back then. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I think he might have been shell-shocked lightweight because a lot of times when I was younger... Shit, dude, was shot, I would, I would totally understand that. I couldn't understand what he was saying a lot of times when I was younger. When he would try to talk about it or when he would bring it up? Or? Just talking, period. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe that was me. You know, he says he's from the South or whatever, but... Oh, where was, where, whereabouts is he from? He's from Texas. Okay. I'm from Texas. My mom is from Louisiana. Okay. I was born in um, Oakland, California. Did you have? Do you have siblings as well, or? I had a brother, but he got killed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Man. He got hit by a car. Mm. Like hella hard too. Oh, it's awful, man. I'm sorry. But he was he was in the thug shit though. Okay. You know what I'm so he wasn't. He already was kind of not doing good. Mm-hmm. He had already been to jail once. You know what I'm saying? He right. went back to jail for some stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking with my cousin, basically. Um, he, went, he basically violated probation and had to go back for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, he was gone for damn near a decade before that. Oh, wow, man. Like, he did some really bad shit. Right. So, and then after that, you know what I'm saying? He got hit by that car. Mm. An old ass white woman, you know what I'm saying? Probably shouldn't have been even driving and shit. Oh wow, really? Him, he was on a bike and hit him hella hard. Like he was dead before he even hit the ground. Oh my god. 
Cause that, that was a, that was a big ass shock to me. This is like fairly recent, you know. Really? Oh, I'm really sorry. Not, not, not. I, I, I will say like in between like a decade ago, okay. like maybe like five or six years ago. Oh wow, man. Oh, but so, but that that has a lot to do with my attitude towards shit too, though. I would certainly think so. Yeah, I mean, losing a family member, especially a brother, but of course, I mean, there's no way they can't affect just your day to day life, you know. I lost my mom, I understand. I mean, it's like a, it, it's, it, you totally change. But that's a tragedy, though, like what happened to him, you know. Um, but not like racially, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm, just because it was a white woman that did it, that don't make me be like, fuck white people, you know what Well, saying? it seemed like it perhaps was a freak accident of some kind, maybe, or, I mean. I don't know. She might have had something against black people. I don't know. You I know guess, I mean? yeah, I guess it's impossible to really truly maybe know. She, maybe she couldn't see, you know what I'm saying? Was she brought to justice? I mean, was that... Some, somewhat. My mom had to, like, do the whole court thing and all this shit and, you know, oh, try to get some kind of compensation for the shit, you know Of course. Saying? But, like, it, it wasn't easy, obviously. I wouldn't think so, no. Oh, man, it's awful. You know, my mom still trip off it. You know, I, I still course. trip off it. But like that, that has a lot to do with my attitude right. towards things. Were your was your family? Uh, did they like engage with your music like at a young age? Because obviously you started doing record. You started putting records out as a teenager. I mean, and and have had a you know a fruitful career like your whole life. You know, so that has more to do with Cube than anything else, right? You know what I'm saying, but was his family? They weren't from the Bay, though, right? Like, or were, nah, they from L.A. Yeah, because I don't know anything about his actual family. I mean, obviously, it's been well reported that you know your guys' connection, and it's not like I wanted to. You know, you've been asked that a million times, but it's some people don't even know though. Right? Still, like, they, damn, you Ice Cube, good luck. Like, it's so far now right. from my from my intro. A lot of people really don't know. Yeah, I think maybe at the very beginning, that was like a, you know, for publicity and marketing sake, people attached themselves to that, because, I mean, he was... I don't think so. I don't no? think so. Okay. I don't think so. In, in my mind, it wasn't like that, because... It's not like it, it, it took anything... It's not like it distracted from the music itself. I mean, the, the debut was an incredible piece of work. But, I mean, you were also... You played some small role in Death Certificate, too, right? Or the... Or, yeah. I play I play more than a small role in in his shit. Right. So I what? I mean, that's basically like my favorite cousin. Like every right. time I went to LA, to, and my and all my family damn near is in LA. Really? Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that was like the promised land of black people from the south. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like motherfuckers moved out to California. It was more lenient and right. accepting towards black people. And there was like good jobs um, to be had. At- you know, yeah, there's more, there's more opportunities. opportunities, right? The South was racist as fuck, you know. Right, I mean? right. So what? So okay, so what? Uh, I mean, did you guys meet as like infants and babies? Damn like, near. Yeah. Okay. Damn near. He's only like a few years older right. than me, so he probably was the closest. And I, I just had more fun with you. We, we got, we got a lot of similarities, you know. Right. What I mean? So I've known him. We've known each other since little kids, basically. So, so did you see NWA much? Like, were you? Did you see them perform at all? Like, I'm not seeing an NWA perform and shit, right. but I wasn't really fucking with them like that. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like they was. I, I knew I knew some of them somewhat, but the, but I, I I was. I'm, I'll tell you this: I met Jinx, which is Dre cousin. I right. met him 
because my cousin Q got to the age where he was in the girls and shit, so he wouldn't be around no more when I come to visit him. Right, right. He'd be right. out fucking with broads or whatever, like the right. average teenager of would be doing. Of course. So Jinx, even though he's older, he still would be in the front yard playing with like remote control cars and shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that's how I started getting cool with Jinx because he was out in the front, like Dre's. Well, with Jinx, stayed like right next door to Q. Right. So that's how I started. Oh, really? Feeling, yeah, you okay. know what I'm saying. Right. So that's how I started getting cool with Jinx because he was out there playing remote control cars. And then from that, I re- recognized, oh, okay, he a DJ. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. from that, I just started busting some raps to him. And he had a group called Busy Boy Productions. Okay. And um, he put me down with that, and he started. He just started focusing on me because I would just be way more prolific than the cats he was working with. Like I always had raps. The only thing was like it was not it was not a a, a, a seasoned I guess like I'll, I'll just be battling all the time. Sure. I mean, this is like what ninety or something like that, or eighty nine or something like that. Yeah, because you gotta be like thirteen or fourteen or yep. fifteen you or know? younger than that, man. Right. So yeah, it's funny. Yeah, obviously you're not gonna be seasoned, but I mean, it's it's a trip that you would, of course, you know, still have. Raps, you know, because I was about it. Like I'm, right. a, I'm a, I was a gifted. I was, I'm gifted in English, right? You know what I'm saying? I was a gate student. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But what I, is that? I don't know what that is. What gate is, that? is like a special, uh, special. Uh, what do you call it? Placement for uh-huh. ki- for kids that are advanced, right? You know what I'm saying? So even though I didn't do my work half the time, I'd be goofing off. I still was was uh, advanced as far as English is concerned. I'll be placed in advanced classes. Were you like into like writing stories? Were you more like a narrative guy, or was it more just like in your mind, spon- like spontaneous stuff? Like, were you? I was into poetry. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was into writing poetry. So from that, when hip hop came along and shit, I started getting into that more because it was more related. To, to my experience Like I think like The message by Melly Mel Is the one song That really just Made me fuck with it right. Because all the shit He was talking about Was shit I actually Would be seeing You yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. Like Broken glass everywhere People pissing on the steps Bag lady All this yeah, shit You know what I'm saying bag. Like I see I, I would see that shit You know what I'm saying So I was like okay I wanna write some of this Cause, right. the, cause poetry it was tight, but the shit it was talking about wasn't necessarily nothing that spoke to me as a young kid. So, were you buying records, like, or did your dad buy you records? Like, were you getting like, how'd you hear that song? Obviously, like, it had to either be on a record the or radio. Tape. Oh, yeah, of it was on the radio. Absolutely, it was a popular song. You know what I'm saying? That was my introduction to hip hop. Was the, the most popular shit. Right. So you had like Sugar Hill Gang on one end, which was amusing, I guess. I guess. But so. but that wasn't the message. No, you know what I'm saying, and I recognize that. Like, okay, this is cool, but this is the shit right here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what made me really start trying to find more shit like that. And I guess like there was there's certain outlets in the Bay, like KZSU Stanford, right? And like you know, uh, K- Calix. Or... Um, I didn't listen to Calix. Okay. I listened to KPLO, KZSU. Yes, KPLO, Marcus Clemens. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. They would, they was, 
they was older, but I guess they 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 had more access to shit from New York, basically. Sure. They played shit from the Bay too, but they would play all the crazy shit from New York. Like Ultra Magnetics was like one of my f- favorites. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Like out of anybody, probably Ultra Magnetic was like my favorite favorite because Cool Keith would just be saying some crazy ass shit. Well, yeah, I mean they first came out. It was like '87, I think. Really, '87, '86. Yeah, I mean, they first single. You know what I'm saying? With that substitution break, you know what yes. I'm saying? That's the first shit I heard. The Ultra Magnetic, Magnetic, MC Ultra. When I heard that, records, yeah. that shit was futuristic to me. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, shit like that is really what made me, like, just dedicate my mind to to, to that. You know what I'm saying? Right. My father is a visual artist, so I'm a visual artist through that right, so right. graffiti really is what I really was fucking with first oh so you were drawing you were you had a tag did you go up did you get any ups sometimes but right. like I, I wasn't hella raw right, like right. that I tried to get up but like you know the the legal the, the legal stipulations right, right. behind that you know what I'm saying kept me from really wanting to pursue that cause right. I just I just was like that don't make no sense I'm not finna go to jail to get my ass whooped sure. cause my mama gotta pay for $5,000 fine or whatever you know what I'm saying I would've got my ass beat the fuck up you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying of course as most uh, children would so then what like as far as like getting to a point where you're literally like recording in a studio I mean you did you must have done there was like a demo stage I mean I, I would assume before mm-hmm. I wish my brother George was there right yeah yeah was it all like through Jinx was he basically the conduit into that or was it a combination of him and Ice Cube or it was a combination. Like my father had some recording equipment, equipment, like I said before. Oh, so some stuff was done in the house all the way back then. Yeah, or, or, or I would take what little money I can scrape up and buy like a four track, or you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. shit like that. Like that's what I would be trying to spend my money on. Right. Like maybe I have a paper route, or I'm, or I'm walking somebody's dog every day, or right. some shit. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe I had a real job, like at the Gap. I used to work at the Gap, like you know what I'm saying. Sure. I whatever I could do to try to hustle some money to try to get a mic, right, or right. a Radio Shack mic, or whatever, whatever would, I whatever could be allowed with the money that I had. Sure. Like I didn't, I didn't try to go outside my means. Well, it's funny with that tape that I played too. Obviously, that was recorded at home, yeah. so that must have been some of even a semblance of some of that kind of equipment. It was too. a four track. Yeah, it had to be a four track, which is so amazing too, because that was like not that like obviously you weren't the first person to use that, but that a four track in the mid '90s to the late '90s in the Bay was like I mean it's like you probably sold more of those than electric guitars and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like people for hip hop. I mean from you know, Misty Journeyman to Board Stiff and Hobo Junction and on. I mean, you know, all these guys that made these incredible cassette albums, you know, this four track was the was the the tool of the trade, you know. But you gotta think though, as far as music is concerned, like that was a big ass deal. Right. To be able to record your 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 music at home yeah. prior to that you had to go through the record companies sure there was no other way so I've had four tracks from back in the day like the 70s that's about this big uh-huh. <laughs> but to them back then that was the shit you know what I'm saying cause you did not you can actually work on some ideas and shit sure before you got got a record deal right, or something. Right, right. you know what I'm saying so 
that you know to to me I look at it more in them terms as music as a whole I look at it more like you know from the blues on up right it's all the blues to me pretty much mm. you know what I'm saying everything like ever since the blues everything is that same um that same chord progression I don't, I don't care how mutated away from it it is but it's still based on that simple chord progression amazing yeah but, I can, yeah. So, um, what was I gonna say? Um, the 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 four track afforded me a lot of freedom. Well, do you feel like when you went in to record the debut? I mean, you must have been. It's a pretty conceptual album. I mean, as far as song to song, there's like that had a lot to do with who I was around. Pooh, DJ Pooh was an uh, oh, yeah. incredible influence. Well, he's like a comedic genius too. I mm-hmm. mean. So he was encouraging you or guiding you in any way, like as far as writing. Definitely, yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm the type of person you give me some direction, I could take it and go with it. Nice. So he might have a beat in the studio, like Money for Sex. Oh yeah. He had that song. He had that beat in the studio. I came in one day. He had the, he had the beat rock, and he was like, "Hey, Dell, you think you could come up with something about Money for Sex?" And he was like, "The, the hook would go like Money for Sex." Money for sex, ring it up, ching, and he played a little ching sound, and I was like, ooh, okay, yeah, like, because, you know, at that point, I done fuck with hoes or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like, that's just a common theme as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. so I was like, hell yeah, I could do that, so I went to the hotel that night, wrote the shit, came back the next day to the studio, like, here we go, you know what I'm saying, he was just ready to go, so, you know, a lot of songs was done like that. And that, the whole record was done in L.A.? Yep. Amazing. Yep. So like Pooh Pooh was definitely a big ass influence and a big he had a big hand in that first album. Like like me and Pooh would just be in the studio just kicking it every day. He oh. would have like a pound of weed, it seemed like on the on the console uh-huh. every damn day. <laughs> and like all the homies would be coming through, you know what I'm saying? And just just chilling and just making music, you know what I'm saying? It was just hella fun. That was probably the most fun I had working on a record ever. I mean, I can imagine. It's, I mean, it's a fun album to listen to. I mean, it's got to translate. Plus, I mean, just the experience of probably working, having that freedom inside of like a nice studio. I, I don't know what the studio was. Studio is nice. Yeah. Nice studio. But like a lot of the work. But it's the people that are there is yeah. really what makes it. Yeah, it was the people that was there. And and a lot of the work was done before we hit the studio. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, rarely was I in the studio and making shit up in the studio. So you wrote most of everything, like, before you got there. Yeah, that, that only made sense to me. That was the whole reason why I would be fucking with four tracks. Did you write it to music, or did you just do it off the, like, totally in your own head? Or? Once I heard the music, I could write the shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could keep a beat in my head. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It might not have to, it might not be the beat that um that it ends up being to but sure. but I can I can I can I can hear whatever the characteristics of the beat is right right memorize it and go right to it I don't need to have a plan well I mean it's in in just the stuff that Pooh and 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 Sir Jinx and Ice Cube were doing at that time from America's uh most wanted to um, America's most wanted uh the bomb squad bomb squad did that. right right that's true and yeah. that was a big ass deal for me and for him well yeah i mean cuz public enemy at that time too i mean that is that was huge and they from the east coast right right you know what i'm saying they pretty much was probably the, the top producers from the east coast at the time so for them to be fucking with q that was like 
that was like monumental. Like yeah. damn, east east plus the west, like that was crazy. You know, then I remember how Cube was because that was like Cube's favorite group, mine too. But like Cube really fucked with Public Enemy like that. So f- for him to leave a situation with N.W.A., he on his own now, and then be able to work with Public Enemy and Chuck D like that, right. that was like that was like a dream come true to him. I remember when he. First was finishing the shit I'd be rolling around with him In the Suzuki Samurai and shit uh-huh. He'd be like Dale what you think it is I'd just be listening to it Like man You gonna fuck their head dude Like right. this shit is so tight You know what I'm saying Like <laughs> I mean, just it was such be- a huge departure From NWA 2 And such a Strong record Such a statement he got to do him completely. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. I mean, there were shades of that in pub in NWA, but he couldn't really express himself like that in a, in a group like that. Nah, of course not. Nah, I mean, it was totally actualized, like Ice Cube thing, which makes I think Desert to be all that much more amazing of an album too, because then that seems like he has even more control over mm. the whole thing, and that was just like almost like a completely perfect album to me. Like the concept, the emotion. Like, were you there at all? Like, you were there. Obviously, you were there. But I mean, like, were you there during the making of a lot of those songs too, or like, were you a little fly bit. on the wall type of situation? A, a little bit, right? A little bit, but in general, he would be running shit by me whenever he wrote it. Oh, nice. Like, I like fuck the police when he wrote. I remember he had it on that yellow stationary paper, uh-huh. you know, that legal pad right, or whatever. Right. And he was like, "Man, what you think it is?" He let me read the shit, you know. Oh, what I mean? man. And then he he asked me what I think about it. I'm like, man, this is raw. Like people say, fuck the police all the time, right. but nobody ever had the nuts to make a song saying that. That's what was clean to me. Like everybody say that shit. Everybody feel that way, but nobody made no song like that. And that's that's the type of shit that Cube would be raw at. He takes right. some shit that everybody feel, everybody say that, but nobody say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he'll he'll put it out there. What did you think about the movie? Did you were you into the movie at all? Did you did you watch it? The fact that his son played him that was brilliant. I thought so too. Because he looks spookily like like the same as Cube do. Yeah, he definitely uh, you know um, transcended into like yeah. Felt like you were watching him for sure. Did you? I felt you know. I mean, I I loved it just as a fan. To I didn't see it. You didn't? Oh, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I didn't. Cause in the, well, you don't necessarily need to. I mean, you were kind of... Exactly. Like, it's a to, Hollywood fucking depiction of... Yeah, to me, it kind of was like not not fully factual to me. You of know? course. But of course, you know, it's Hollywood, so they're going to they gonna do little shit that they feel will make it more, you know, appealing or whatever, more right. exciting. Right. Of course. Yeah, but, but, absolutely. You know, I, I support the shit, though. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, Cube, Cube, Cube I, I wish I could kick it with him more. You know what I'm saying? I know he kind of feel the same way too, but I just be like, I don't know. I be on my own shit sometimes. So yeah, I mean, and it seems like I mean, obviously, like you guys have your own lives, and you you don't live in the same town. You have your own. But the, but that but but he he really would fuck with me though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like last time I seen Cube, I think was at a. At Crazy Tunes' funeral. Oh, wow. You know when when wow. Crazy Tunes yeah. died and shit. So I was up there, and I know that meant a lot to him, because, like, that was his dog, oh, for real. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Dub, you seen the Matt Circle? I mean... And that was Dub's uh, brother. 
You know what I'm saying? Crazy to oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was that's his brother. So like, oh my God. both of them seeing me up there, I know they Q couldn't even talk to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, you know that that's a right. big deal. But 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 I seen the whole family, everybody. Like I think people miss me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that maybe one day you guys can reconnect in some possible manner, one way or another. I mean, I, I see him every now and then. Like right. you know, if he. He got like a show, I think, where I'm gonna be at coming up pretty soon. Okay. Like a festival, like I'll be seeing him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I see him every now and then. But like he got a studio, like a real studio. I would think so. Like a real studio, like a building. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like right. he'd be like, Man, come through, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you gotta take advantage of that. I just be like, you know, I just I don't know. I just be feeling funny sometimes. Were you guys like when that album finally came out? Were you guys like stoked and excited about? It? I mean, it was such a great record and it, at such a certain time because I mean that was right after I think America's Most Wanted. I think it was like hot off the heels of that. Was that on uh, Definitely? No, your your debut. Yeah, we was excited about it, but then when I got back home, a lot of my homies around me, right. they were trying to make me feel bad. Oh, because you were working with other types of people or something like that? I guess they felt, they were trying to say, like, that ain't real hip-hop. You rapping over the same thing gangster rappers rap over. You know what I'm saying? So that made me feel hella bad. Mm-hmm. And that's how No Need for Alarm came about. Oh, so you just, like, annihilated everyone with that response to that? Well, I felt like I had something to prove. So basically, that's me screaming to everybody. I'm I'm real hip-hop. I could right. do real hip-hop. Yeah, I feel like... Um, but I mean, what's what's interesting is that like you know you take those four albums that went from you know I wish my brother George was here to No Need for Alarm and Future Development and Both Sides of the Brain like and to me they're all very different albums like very different like you know I mean you have lyrics for you know for days and days but they every the emotion on them and like this slight there's just subtle differences that make them their own total it's like their own like cinematic experience per project you know i mean both sides of the brain obviously is like a total different experience from no need for alarm too both sides of the brain for me that was like the pinnacle to me well you produced most of it too right yeah but i I was focusing more lyrically right on 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 the shit so to me at that time like that was that was the, the 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 pinnacle of what i could do right that's the stories are amazing that's kind of why I called it both sides of the brain, though. But yeah, the right. yeah, story's got something to do with it. I felt like I could rhyme whatever I wanted to rhyme right. and still say whatever I wanted to say. It's like Slick Rick times a million and shit to me. Because like mm-hmm. Skull and Crossbones, you know, it's this amazing like cautionary tale of drunk driving, getting too fucked up, which I mean, so many people can associate that with. Um, BMs, too, such a visionary, like, you know, going to Amsterdam to smoke weed and shit. I mean... And Super Fiend too, which like totally like in a way like predates like what like Dave Chappelle was doing too with this sort of mm-hmm. like that that whatever that character he mm-hmm. had was like I know that was before that you know yeah. what I'm saying like uh, they're like yeah it's amazing stories if you must I mean not to just like regale you with your own songs and stuff nah, I'm just nah. trying to remember them uh-uh. Proto Culture too is such a great that's like such a great specific mm-hmm. thing as well. Um, I, I, th- I, 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 I can't, I can't agree with you with that. I've always had some kind of humor to my shit because that's what attracted me right. to the shit in the first place, and I feel that's when hip hop started falling off. 
when, once oh, once it got too taking itself too seriously or to, when it when it when it became more about trying to scare the shit out of you or right. flossing on you for the money that you paid them for their services <laughs> right right you know what i'm saying right like, yes they did. like that's when motherfuckers stop fucking fucking with it and that, i think that's why battle rap is so potent right now right because it went back to that wordplay. I think even Ebro said that in a in a in a tweet. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of trolling, but kind of serious. Just trying to see what motherfuckers would say about battle, like specifically about battle. Not shit. about battle shit, but he was like, shit don't have no wordplay in it no more, and that's why mm. it's not really popping like it used to. I feel you. And, he, and he named some rappers. I'm not gonna name them now. Of course, yeah. But but he was like you know they 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 rhyme amazing they tell good stories but there ain't no wordplay, not at all yeah and a lot of people was like no nah, fuck that shit da, 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 da. like he knew people was gonna say do you know what I'm saying like I said he was lightweight trolling but he had a point though to me right but then you know the battle shit that's all it is wordplay to the point where it could be annoying to most people. Because too much wordplay with not enough substance can mm-hmm. be annoying to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why it might be intimidating to like the hip hop uh, head that likes albums and songs to jump into that battle world where it's like it's all wordplay. It's very aggressive. It's very male focused, like testosterone. It's like you know. Possibly, I mean, maybe I'm just that's my chi- perspective. The, the chicks be my favorite battle rap. I need to be. You need to put me up on game on that because I don't know it. I don't know them like that. So Queen of the Ring is like the, the premier female battle league. Okay, it's all female. Oh, dope. And they left for a while, but they're trying to bring it back now. Dope. You know what I'm saying? They're actually more aggressive than the men are. To tell you the truth. Oh wow! Yeah, like, they do. Check wa- that. They do way more personals. They do way more. You know, what I'm saying they just get way more. You know, they like women. Exactly. <laughs> you know, what course, yeah. women be doing way more than men be doing. Like right. as far as emotional shit, they right. really, they'll really try to fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I know that we might not have a ton of time left to before you because you got a big show today too. You're doing the gorillas are doing a show. Yeah, but I'm only doing. Doing your joint, yeah, yeah, and then I'm out. You know, <laughs> I like that because the story too with that song too was just it was such a quick take too for that right. It was just in and out right as far as the making of that particular song. Yeah, because really Dan the Automator, he really he had that song already, right? And he wanted something better, and he felt like I could write something better than what he had. Right. But there wasn't, like, already another MC on it. No, there was other rappers already on it. It was already a song. Oh, okay. He just didn't like them rappers. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then we was finishing up Deltron. He was supposed to take me home, and he was like, I just want, you know, could you, like, clean this up real quick and write write another song real quick before I turn this in? And I was like, nah, take me home, dude. (laughs) I don't right. want to do that. I'm right. tired. I'm ready to go home, man. Fuck this. And he was like, man, you could write it in like 15, 30 minutes tops. Right. Like, right. And I just said, fuck it. All right, I'll do it. But I, I had just been reading about um, how to write a hit song. Because I studied songwriting, too. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so I just I applied what I learned to that song. Yeah. And interesting enough, it became a hit song. I'm not, And really, I'm not going to say it because of me necessarily. I think it's because of the artwork and the video. 
Well, yeah, that plays a big part in it. But I if you say a big part, I would say a crucial part. Sure. Otherwise, it'd be a regular ass song. You're right. Yeah, you got a point there. But I do think that if you hear it on the radio, there's something. If there wasn't a verse, and you know, I can't associate it with anyone else but you because you're the one that's on it, and you have a very distinctive voice too. That obviously, you know, just changes it all around. It but adds, but there, but without the characters, there's no group because the yeah, gorillas are a cartoon group. Right. So from the beginning, that concept was what it was. Right, right, right. So it wouldn't even be in existence if it wasn't for them cartoon characters. So that's why true, I'm saying, true, true. if it wasn't for Dude Art, right, and he, and he do Tank Girl too. So oh, I'm that's a right. Huge fan of Tank Girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. That 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 kind of led with my interest in the project in the first place. Right, right. Yeah. Because I seen the concept art for Gorillas before it came out. Right. Dan was showing it to me, and I was like, "That's the same artist from Tank Girl." So I want to show you this thing really quickly because I found this old super uh, high eight videotape, uh, and see if you. Nintendo and shit. Yeah. Uh, wrecking, wrecking, wrecking crew. I think it might be. I'm trying to remember what game. Uh, wrecking crew. Mm. So yeah, we're, as we're watching this before we uh, wrap up, I'm gonna pan over to you too. Oh, it looked like that. Uh, that's that TV I had, that special video game TV. Yeah, and uh, so we're we're playing games for a minute, and then uh, uh, all right. so we gotta roll real quick, um, but. Just while we're here, okay. So I'm a, I want to get you a copy of this eventually because this is like a time capsule if I've ever seen one in my life. We're going through comics here, and just because you got to go to your gate too, I'm gonna flip through this real quick. The and then this was so. What was this house? You remember this place? Well, Obviously, I mean, so you that's, the, that's the house where the, that bitch was trying to fucking destroy my life, basically. <laughs> really? Same house. So this was like the kind of the pre-studio room, and uh, uh, there was I remember that shit. That was like, yeah, and uh, that's, that's in Richmond. That's before I had I was forced to move to the other house. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. There's a lot here. It's a whole hour basically where we go through a bunch of shit. But I know you got to roll. Dominoes hit me up. Um, I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for chatting with me. There's a lot of other shit. I wanted to ask you about the Dinosaur Junior thing. Were you guys in the studio together mm -hmm. when you did that? Was mm -hmm. it in New York? That was in L.A. I oh, nice. Cool. Somewhere right. in L.A. But cool. um, that was tight because he was actually interested in, in the shit. You know cool. what I'm saying? And he, I learned, that probably was a precursor to me learning about music theory. Because he was in the studio and he played everything. His band yeah. didn't play nothing. They Jay was there. Did? Yeah, Jay yeah. Masters. So I was just like, damn, his group ain't even doing nothing. They just catting off somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. That just impressed the hell out of me. Right. But he also was down for a little shit I was trying to do too, like throwing an 808 in there, throwing that. Oh, really? So you there. added some embellishments to the, mm -hmm. to the joint? Just oh, making some hip hop. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, I'm gonna leave that rolling just so if we need to Yo, that was incredibly cool. Uh, much, much thanks to the one Dell, the funky homo sapien, for taking his time, making some time for me to come through. And uh, I love that dude is a national treasure. One, he's such an incredible lyricist and a producer, and just like 
you can meet a more creative person like he's constantly thinking and absorbing and creating and it's been like that since he was like you know a young man so um go back do yourself a favor go back and revisit uh all of those records and i'm a, i'm gonna take some time to find the new joints and kind of uh dip into that stuff too but i wanted to ask him about so many other things so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that we got a lot of, of good stuff in there and, and it was a really um incredible conversation so thank you guys for tuning into the house list my name is peter Agustin. i'm the host and producer of the show each and every episode is edited and engineered by cj stewart and yeah i hope you guys dug it man let me know subscribe leave a comment if you listen to it on itunes or even on soundcloud just let me know that you're vibing with it um i'm on twitter at houseless pod so take a minute and uh, repost it um copy and paste the link put it on your website if you have a blog um if you're on facebook or whatever just you know post it and share it with people that's all i'd like to see happen is people share these kind of candid conversations i have with artists that i admire and people that i think you guys might dig as well i mean dell is he's a real he's a funkster man up and down and uh he's like such a yeah he's just you know it's dell dude come on <laughs> what's fucking with that you know what i'm saying so yeah much shout out to the hieroglyphics crew and everybody and all y'all listening so let me see i might try to play a little snippet of uh, something off that tape again just a little tiny bit and then maybe close out with like another little snippet of just one of my favorite dell joints so hope you guys enjoyed it and i will catch you on the next episode I leave MC 
Waking up like Quaker Oats For trying to memorize my maniacal quotes uh -uh. The funk coach, your eardrums Oakland's where we are from The deviants working feverishly but easily Eagerly awaiting your arrival Hide all you cowards, you're powerless I'm live in the technicolor and tumorous You're humorous, my rhymes are numerous I'm too elaborate in my habitat With words that hit your skull like a battle axe I'm actually destined Cause my actual perfection equals natural selection With rhymes as my secret weapon This involvement in my newest installment Is dissolving the chains on your brain like solvents I can't call it all it means is my genes come from supreme beings And steps that you can't step to No way out, come right in, right in Incredible shit, that can't meddle with us Future development is too intelligent Future development What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.